0: Hello, and uh, welcome to episode 72 of Brews Less Travel, the podcast exploring the best uncharted craft beer scenes across the U.S. I'm your host, and I'm happy to welcome back my co-host for our Yakima episodes, Tom Broholt. Tom, how's it going?
1: It's going pretty well, man. Good to be here. Good to be celebrating uh, one of my own lovely towns in my past. Again, yeah. shout yeah. out Jose. Yeah.
0: As as we as we talked the two for two on that, uh, as we talked last week, you uh, spent some time in your younger years in Yakima. Not beer drinking years, but drank some Yakima beers because you are in Washington. Vancouver, Washington. Oh, absolutely.
1: Yeah, it's a good place to be from. We're really spoiled out here, for sure. Pretty biased towards all of our Northwest beers. Don't we'll drink any beers from anywhere, but, you know, if I have to drink a beer, probably going to be from Washington and Oregon. Maybe sometimes Idaho.
0: Not a bad stance to take. So this past weekend, uh, the Great American Beer Festival was held in Denver. Uh, some of our friends of the pod went out there. Shout out to anybody that uh, ran into Laura, Todd, Isaac, or Corey at the Brewvana slash City Brew Tours booth. Huge beer festival out there. Features hundreds of breweries you know, serving some of their best beers and also features one of the largest beer competitions in the world. Uh, Tom, have you ever attended a GABF?
1: I have. It is pretty amazing. Um, and I I did it as a media member many years ago. And that is, uh-huh. other than maybe being a participating brewery, that might be the, the best way to do it because you get full access pretty much everywhere. Um, so very spoiled. Got to go every single day for three and a half days. A lot of beer was consumed. A lot of good stuff. It was early on in my, in my palate uh, training days. So um, I need to go back now when I actually kind of know more about what I'm drinking. uh, I think for sure.
0: Yeah. I uh, certainly want to make it out there next year. Had a family engagement this past weekend. That was really nice, really awesome. But uh, you know, because of that, could not attend GABF, but you know, hope everybody had a good time. Would love to go out there. I've been to Denver twice for CBC. And, you know, that's about 12,000 people at its biggest. Um, those are all industry people. I imagine GABF is a different vibe. I think the biggest years have been closer to 30,000 or 40,000 people. I imagine that's uh, pretty, pretty crazy. So also wanted to give a quick shout out and congratulations to Bruce Less Traveled friends that took home medals in the 2022 Great American Beer Festival competition uh first off congrats to city barrel in kansas city missouri for taking home a bronze in the hazy ipa category for their rad af beer which was actually featured on episode 36 of this podcast love that brewery would love to figure out a way to get them back on some kind of live stream congrats to mad tree in cincinnati for taking home a gold medal in the esb category for their happy amber Congrats to Pacific Northwest friends, Good Life Beer and Deschutes from Bend, Oregon. Uh, Good Life took home a silver medal for their sweet-ass Pacific Ale, and Deschutes was awarded a bronze medal in the English Ale category for their Otter Encounter. Great beer name. Uh, Congrats to our friends at Zoll Beer Company from Knoxville, Tennessee, for taking home a silver in the American Lager category. And finally, congrats to Varietal, Uh, who we are featuring on today's show they were awarded a silver medal for their hyperion in the category of fresh hop ipa who would have thought yakima brewery taking home medal for a fresh hop ipa Mm,
1: yeah i was gonna say that happy amber i believe was i don't know if it was featured on the podcast but it was definitely in the cincinnati box uh that we had i have I have drank a lot of that happy Amber because it was early on in the Bruce less Travel days and we didn't have as many subscribers. So there was a lot left over in my cooler uh, for that. So that (laughs) is a really good beer.
0: I have to pull, I'm I'm terrible. I have to pull that episode. That's probably episode five, three or five. Go back to listen to Cincinnati Yeah, and also go, go watch uh, Cincinnati next exit on YouTube. Double plug. Uh, So cheers to all those breweries. Cheers to our friend breweries and cheers to every brewery that took home medals at GABF. That's certainly a great honor. But let's get to this week's features. We're continuing our way through Yakima today with two breweries. We have the uh, aforementioned Varietal Beer Company and we're going to be enjoying their citrus uh, Sun Flight Citrus Wheat, excuse me. And we're also featuring Wandering, Hot Brewing Company, and we'll be enjoying, uh, enjoying their 369 Damn She Fine IPA. Please uh, shout out to our Beer Club subscribers joining us for the stream. Make your Little John and the East Side Boys references in the chat now, please. Tom, uh, we've got a guest this week, but first we should crack open this uh, Sunflight beer, citrus wheat, from our friends at Varietal, recent recipients of a silver medal at JABF, like we said that was a beer that won for the fresh hop categories, but this is a very interesting beer because this is a wheat ale made entirely with Pacific Northwest grown malts from Mecca grade estate malts. You know, most of the beers in this box are going to be featuring all Pacific Northwest hops, but uh, this is a really interesting beer that we want to include because it does have uh, those all Pacific Northwest grown malts. You know, they don't just do good hops up there. They also grow a lot of other great stuff, um, including malts, including the ones in this beer.
1: Yeah, I'm pretty sure uh, the malts from this beer were um, malted about half a mile away from our Washington warehouse where these beers ship from. Uh, great no Western way. Malting uh, is is one of our neighbors, uh, No there. and it wasn't.
0: <laughs> not no, Macgrade.
1: Macgrade. Ah! Uh, oh, similar close. I just assume great Western. So huge. Like I, I just assume they provide all the grain for everywhere.
0: Great Western malts. No, no, this was made in fact made with a uh, 100% Mecca grade estate malt uh, grown entirely in the Pacific Northwest. Also conditioned on lemon zest and orange zest for that wonderful citrusy feel.
1: It's there. It's really at the top of the taste there
0: let us know what you are thinking in the chat about the varietal Sunflight citrus wheat thanks for joining us and uh yeah i think it's time time we get to our guest uh please join us in welcoming the co-founder of the wandering hop brewing company nathan cooper nathan how's it going how's it going guys doing great so We should start off with our rapid fire question rounds. Quick questions, quick answers. Good way to get to know you. Good way to have some fun to start off the interview here. Nathan, are you ready? I'm ready. Let's do this. Uh, Favorite non-wandering hop beer? Block 15 sticky hands. Uh, Favorite hop? Mosaic, (laughs) without a doubt. Okay. We will talk more about that later. I'm sure. The favorite season.
2: Ooh. Probably spring, I'm too out of shape to enjoy summer and everything else is just too cold.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we were locked on that for uh, for a second there with the favorite beer and the favorite hop, but
2: now fall fall, fall year is like Fall here is where my vehicle just piles up with hoodies because it's cold in the morning, <laughs> and it's like deadly hot in the afternoon. And I'm too, I'm too forgetful to just bring them back in. So it's like a mobile wardrobe at this point. Wine or cider? Ooh, I have to say wine. I'm literally looking out the window at two wineries right
0: now from our mm. Zillow location. <laughs> okay, I expected that answer. If you're not working, where could you be found? Where are you most likely to be found?
2: Uh usually single hill bail breaker or varietal. <laughs> <laughs> or at home renovating forever and ever.
0: <laughs> All right. And last rapid fire question. My personal favorite rapid fire question. Have you ever seen a UFO?
2: I probably have the same exact answer as Kevin Smith from last week. Like a <laughs> one of those drunken late nights hiding on top hiding on top of a roof to avoid whatever. Being caught. And, yeah. Yeah let's just throw it out there <laughs> and yeah. staring up for hours. And then just seeing like something completely unexplainable, like not an airplane too close to be like a satellite. There just looks like a moving star, but something very weird leaving a trail and like multiple visible dots. And it's like, I know I've been drinking but I had somebody with me and they agreed. They're like, I have no hmm. idea what that is, but also it's kind of unfair. We've got the, like the, the Yakima Firing Center over here with a bunch of military stuff that happens. So, I mean, I'm sure it'll get chalked up to that, but I don't know what I saw. So that technically makes it unidentified. I'm going with that.
0: I love that answer. <laughs> I, I love this just, yeah. I hope everyone this week, everyone this month has the same answer and we're just going to, this is just going to turn into a UFO conspiracy podcast where you try to figure out <laughs> This thick interconnectivity between all the UFO stories of our five favorite Yakima breweries.
1: <laughs> I mean, to be fair, it is it is uh, farmland, and most stories of uh, UFOs are over farmland.
0: That's how so, Men in Black happened. Poor yeah, Edgar. Poor <laughs> Edgar.
1: This makes me want to change the question a little bit to, you know, uh, when you co founded Watering Hop in 2017, which ship did you get off of to get that going? But actually, uh, so you uh, reportedly visited 80 different breweries in preparation for opening. What were some of the key things you learned from all those visits?
2: Mostly it was just kind of watching taproom flow and talking one-on-one with a lot of the owners about their startups. There was a handful of places, very nano- where when they were telling their their opening stories, you could hear like the shake in the voice. Like I brought up some serious trauma, like <laughs> opening on a, a half barrel or a one barrel system. Like you could just see the pain and misery in their eyes and in their voice. So that uh, that was definitely one of the biggest things I picked up when we visited all the breweries. And then, like I said, like taproom flow, what I loved, what I didn't. There's so many directions you can take a brewery, You can you can turn it into like the sports bar and have 80 TVs all over the place and be the high tech, cool brewery. You can be the super low key, quiet. Like we just wanted to find what we wanted to do and what we thought best fit the area and a budget.
0: <laughs> so you heard all those stories, uh, the, the trauma of those breweries that opened with a half barrel system and you went ahead and opened with half barrel system. Correct. I... <laughs> I actually,
2: so my, my co-owner, my co-partner is my father, Sonny Cooper. Um, he's backed this thing to the end and stood by me through pretty much everything. And when he said, we're going to open on that half barrel, I said, cool. And I went home and I took every single credit card I had and I maxed them out and bought a three and a half barrel system. <laughs> uh, but I kept brewing on the half barrel. So I would get up at 6 a.m. I'd go in and brew i race home shower and then go back to the tap room and pour beer from three to nine o'clock every night. So, but that's,
0: I mean, that's what you do when you want something you make it happen. Is, yeah. Uh, is that, is that the system that came from more beer, the, the half barrel system? Yep. That thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you have, you have trauma.
2: I mean, I have brewed on that thing over 200 times now. It's, It just cracks me up how much like work and effort went into each little batch just to get a half barrel keg that blew in like a day and
0: a half every time. Mm -hmm. Two weeks of work for a day of beer. (laughs) Oh, boy. So I'm very familiar with more beer. Uh, I've worked with them a lot. i worked with them. That doesn't that doesn't sound right. I've bought a lot of stuff from More beer as a as a home brewer. And actually both Tom and I have worked with them in a professional capacity for uh with their their wholesale side. They're a California-based company, you know, m- known mostly for that homebrew supply stuff. So what was it like working with them from the commercial side? Was it just the system that you bought from them or was there ingredient supply from them? Did they have support for you when they bought the system? What was that like?
2: So Yakima being small town, I kind of mentioned um, that I was starting a brewery and we had a couple friends over at, well, then Hop Union, now Yakima Chief. Um, And they said, well, we're friends with the CEO. We'll just, well, let's give you his phone number and you call him an order. I'm like, that sounds super crazy. Let's not call the CEO to make a $1,000 order uh, strike one and two. Um, But we ended up reaching out and the CEO did put us in contact with a great salesperson and we ended up ordering their pilot system, the brew sculpture. We got a handful of SS Brewtech half barrel fermenters, a mill, just a ton of little things. And I didn't know at the time. So I'm buying like all my grain and a bunch of hops from them just to get this ball rolling, even though literally the hops are grown right down the road and I could have gone anywhere to (laughs) grab them. (laughs) And then of course, we started getting bigger and to the point where I was at Ace Hardware's homebrew section so much, I was starting to get a discount there. Like it was, it was a community built effort here.
0: (laughs) That's one of the things that, that's a comment. You made a comment there that that really makes me understand the difference between, you know, where I live, where most people live and Yakima, you said the Ace Hardware homebrew section, Yeah. correct? Yep.
2: So you can get your weed and feed and a 50-pound bag of two-row, like 10 feet apart.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that that doesn't happen here in Pittsburgh. I have to go from one place to the other and get those things separately. I'm lucky if I can get a 50-pound bag of two-row. I'm not uh, winning any awards in geography. I remember
2: the first time... More beer sent me an order. It said it was coming from Pittsburgh. So for a minute, that I got excited for you. I was like, I have a more beer. No, there's uh, Pittsburgh, California, apparently.
0: Pittsburgh, California, spelled without the H. And also, funny enough, that is their West Coast location. They do have an East Coast location, which is in Ambridge, PA, which is like half an hour outside of Pittsburgh. They like those pits. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, Brian, have you ever brewed a weed and feed beer on your system <laughs> i mean that's, that's I, what I happens you not. buy the same place you accidentally use weed and feed and uh it cleans you right out
2: get those <laughs> vegetal characters
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, absolutely.
0: <laughs> let's take a beer break you know the little plastic square thing on your bread and bagel bags that keeps them closed well those are known as quick locks Technically, quick lock bag closures, and they're made by a Yakima based company. The Quick Lock Corporation was founded in 1964 by Floyd Paxton. Floyd was eating some peanuts one day and decided, I don't want to eat this whole bag of peanuts, but I can't close the bag. He took out an, an expired credit card and, with his pocket knife, carved the first quick lock bag closure. He started the company to mass-produce bag closures for Washington Red Apple Bags, and now they operate six warehouses, manufacturing a wide variety of bag closures, like the JNRP, VNRP, VWNRP, the R, the R-I. This probably sounds like gibberish, but they make a ton of bag closures, and you probably have some in your house right now. So next time you enjoy a fresh bagel or piece of bread, you can thank the Yakima Valley. Now let's get back to the show. All right, uh, my glass is running down. Uh oh. All right. Well,
1: that, I think that means you need to crack up the three sixty nine. But while you're doing uh, that, let's uh, get into this beer. What would you tell us about this beer, Nate? What's what was uh, the precipice for? Or, uh, I, I must be drunk already. I can't say words. Uh, what was the <laughs> the <laughs> well what was the thought behind making this and what, what, what did you try and cheat with this
2: beer? What is the reason for this beer? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no, when, uh, when I first started doing hazies, I was doing single hop hazies, uh, kind of experimenting around seeing what each hop did, because again, it was on the more beer. So it's like, well, this will be here today and gone tomorrow. And it was such a small scale being consistent. It was kind of a nightmare. So originally we did, uh, galaxy and then moved on to citra and then when we did mosaic i fell in love with that one i was like this one's i'm digging this it had all your kind of the juicy characteristics that people are going for with the fruit like the the mango the papaya guava Uh, but it also had some of that dank resinous northwest style to it so it was kind of a i don't know it was a crowd pleaser on both ends like a lot of people would tell us they didn't like hazies and for whatever reason 369 was so easily approachable they're like, well, I'm not a big IPA fan, but I can drink this. I'm like, perfect. Welcome into my world. Come closer. <laughs> <laughs> and actually, when I, I went to release this for the very first time, I remember because it was just me doing all the social media, our, our brewing in our tap room. I remember saying, new beer released today. And it was like 10 minutes before we opened. And I was like, beer doesn't have a name yet, but it'll have one by the time you get here. <laughs> Back in the, the early days, trying to name a beer, I'd sit there. Okay, it's, it's Mosaic Hop. Google Mosaic Hop. What does the word mosaic mean i'd go down this little rabbit hole and then i it hit me mosaic was originally hbc 369 and i was like hbc uh, 369 hmm. 369 damn she fi-. and then yep we're running with it and it has
0: caught on <laughs> that's wonderful so all all mosaic cops in this have you ever brewed variations of it so pretty much every single batch
2: of 369 is different Um, We play around with a bigger whirlpool, a smaller whirlpool, bigger dry hops. We'll use uh, Mosaic Lupo Max. We'll use Mosaic Incognito. All the different Mosaic products we can get. The one you guys are actually drinking, this time we switched up the yeast just to see how it would act. Um, It was a Beer has Cellar Science yeast. Um, So we tried their Hazy Pitch and... I don't know it fell out for me it definitely wasn't nearly as hazy as it should have been i mean it's not Mm. crystal clear but yeah normally it's it's kind of glowing so i mean every every time we do 369 i like to change it up a little bit and play around so this one um, was partially lupo max and partially t90 pellets just to kind of give it a little more resiny character while still having that juiciness because i'm not trying to make just fruit juice in a can these days
0: there's still i mean despite your dissatisfaction with the appearance. I think I think the body is still there, and that mouthfeel mm. is still there.
1: Did you start with a like a, a London ale sort of strain? Uh, was that your first? And then you, you're mixing it up a little bit, or?
2: Yeah, we use London Ale Three in mm-hmm. pretty much all our hazies. We tried Juice for a while from Imperial. Um, yeah, I was having a hard time harvesting that. I talked with uh, Standard Brewing in Seattle, and they were actually saying it's a top cropping yeast. And to harvest off the top. So they had like a blow off tube connected to their keg. And that was that was like a moment of clarity for me. I was like, okay. <laughs> every time I think I'm harvesting juice yeast, I'm just dumping beer down the drain. So we switched <laughs> to the London Ale Three. And every once in a while I'm like, ah, the beer just tastes the same. It's the yeast. We gotta change something. And mm-hmm. that's the that's the beauty of three six nine being the exploration of the mosaic hop. So that I can do whatever I want and change it every time and be okay with it.
0: You've found your favorite hop and you've just given yourself a, a canvas to, to paint upon with it. Yep. Just one more thing about 369. What are the, for those of our uh, listeners, guests that don't know, what are Lupo Max hops? Like people are familiar with pellet hops. What's right. the difference between the Lupo Max and normal pelletized? So Lupo Max. So each, uh, each of
2: the hop companies here have kind of different names for their process. So Yakima chiefs going to have cryo, which is basically removing all the bract, the vegetal matter from the hops, and then they put it into a powder form. Um, Haas does Lupomax, which is basically removing, they're removing all the bract and the vegetal matter, only instead of keeping it a powder, they repelletize it. So your pellets are just amplified lupulin pellets. I think the first time I used Lupo Max, I didn't read the email. Shocking, (laughs) I know. Um, I didn't read the email that was like, use maybe like 60% of what you would normally use. And I just did pound for pound. And I was like, wow, this is really, really in my face. And smells like I didn't walk into a beer shop, but an alternative shop that's legal in Washington State. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it's it's very condensed lupulin. It's got a bigger kick and you'll get more of the grassy resinous notes. So like with fresh hop beers this year, we went mostly Lupo Max for dry hops just so you stayed true to that fresh hop character. And I know about two years ago, we did a bunch of fresh hop beers and then you have to dry hop them or it's just going to smell like lawn clippings and misery only we went a little heavy on the dry hopping and basically a lot of them just tasted like your everyday beer, which is like, well, we put 200 pounds of citric cones in this, but you'd never know it because I kind of blanded it out with pellets. So a lupa Max is a good kick. Anyone looking to try and play around with that
0: stuff. So I read that uh, wandering hop was the first brewer in Yakima to brew new England style IPAs. You talked about when you first released three, six, nine and, and, some of your first iterations of single hop New England IPAs, what was, uh, what was the most outlandish reaction you got to those early iterations? We got a lot of the, uh, the older, good old boy farmer type coming
2: in to give us a shot, and the moment that I poured it in a the glass, they just looked at it like, I don't want the bottom of your keg, son. <laughs> 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 and, and you'd get other, other brewers like, is this a yeast sample you're trying to make me drink? (laughs) so it was it was kind of shocking at first like a lot of people were I mean Bailbreaker paved the way for IPAs in the Yakima Valley you could put a newspaper behind the beer and read it and Mm -hmm. what I was serving looked like dirty dishwater to everybody else (laughs) when we originally opened our our best selling beer was called Not of This World it was uh, 100% galaxy hops and it literally looked like Sunny D in a cup and a lot of people joked, "Is this the the Tampico juice, the gallon juice jugs you could buy at the grocery store?" And was like, I'd sure be rich if I could sell you that for five, six bucks
0: a pint. <laughs> mm-hmm. They've they've seemed to become more widely accepted in the Pacific Northwest and in Yakima. Do you think there was a key moment or turning point to that acceptance? I think once it had been out for a little bit and we
2: started gaining a little bit of traction and it was bringing in a lot of non-beer drinkers because you weren't giving them that bitterness that threw them away, like immediately off put them. I think probably within the first year, once we'd been open, we'd done some tap takeovers and people got out there and tried it a little bit. I want to say about the first year uh, it started picking up in the Yakima Valley and then we were just known for it. Like, Nothing else would really sell. I could I could get away with brewing the amber like once a month on a half barrel. And now, yeah, fast forward five years later, I have to brew 10 barrels of the amber every month, and it's just gotten out of hand. Everything's so backwards.
0: <laughs> uh, and now you, you, you do stuff like throw birthday cake in beer too. Huh? I'm never going to live that down. <laughs> 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 like, I'm sorry. Any, anytime I meet people like in
2: the industry – or they want to do like interviews or anything. They're like, "So you're the guy who threw the birthday cake in the beer, like, man? It was our one year anniversary, and I was at the grocery store, like just kind of getting my breakfast and some caffeine to power the week. And I remember seeing a birthday cake. I was like, I mean, we could just throw that in. It's essentially <laughs> flour and grain, anyways. Just in a, I don't know, man. There's Sugar. A lot of that, Yeah." a lot of things that on free day. Yeah. so yeah we did uh i threw a little birthday cake in the first batch and then dry hopped it with frosting because i'm a monster and don't respect <laughs>
0: <laughs> well you've uh you've given us years of memes and ridiculous <laughs> beers if if you're if you're actually the first one to ever to start that then thank you the the memes have been great uh-huh. and i've enjoyed there's a brewery down right where i live here locally that makes uh, a cake beer they they condition it on angel food cake and it's wonderful i i i I like i like cake and beer yeah i also like memes about cake and beer too
1: if i'm going to choose a beer that i'm going to drink that has either cake or beard yeast i'm going cake every time yeah (laughs) so i mean if if there's some things you get to be known for
0: i I feel like brewery was the beard yeast
1: oh my gosh i have to to, yeah it was was it john not anyone not anyone yeah your body is wonderland for sure if you're drinking that (laughs) beardies beer
0: no Um, i mean rogue isn't the isn't the rogue guy's name john mayer (laughs) yeah it is it wasn't
1: probably probably, it was him.
2: his name well i mean it is john mayer yeah yeah yeah, so I hope his body's a wonderland because I drank that too.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, let's let's talk about your second location here a little bit. I mean, uh, it's a good graduation point uh, to have that second location. Um, tell us a little bit about Wonderland.
2: So Wonderland was uh, it was kind of accidental. Uh, my dad was at the bank waiting to speak to uh, one of the the loan officers or someone there, and she was a couple minutes late so he saw a real estate magazine on her desk and just started rifling through it and I randomly get the call he's like hey do you think you could turn a winery into a brewery There's a little pause and I was like dad I turned an old like leather repair shop into a brewery I'm pretty sure I could turn a winery into a brewery and he's like well let's go look at this thing it says it's on almost four acres and I was like yep no let's do it yep hundred percent and then when we got out here and i got to see the their production space it was oh my gosh it was like being a kid going to disneyland for the first time like overwhelming i was so excited because right now to give everyone an idea our yakima location where we originally brewed and packaged everything is 1100 square feet and that includes the tap room so our brew space is about 450 square feet and that was three tanks for a three and a half barrel brew house and three seven barrel unis. So like if you left a valve open, you're getting a bruise or a cut. Like it was that close mm. quarters and uncomfortable and the production space at Wanderlands, 3,600 square feet alone. Mm. Was, wow. Yeah. It was, it was a big deal for us. It was, we'd been looking for property. We had to grow. We, I mean, you can look at the numbers and it's like, Nope you're going to work till you die and fall apart on a three barrel system. Uh, We knew we had to grow and it was time. So yeah, we found the place. Uh, The owners were amazing people and we had talked to them for a while and made an offer and they agreed, they accepted. And 12, 10 or 12 days after we signed was, um, the end of the world when COVID came.
0: Oh, We were super key with timing there. Mm. Good time for business decisions.
2: Yep. How big of a system did you end up putting in there? I put a 10 barrel, 10 barrel premier stainless system in here that Mm. we got from Coronado Brewing. Oh, no way. Yeah. They had bought it, I believe, down San Diego way. Yep. It was originally Monkey's Paw, Monkey Paws, excuse me.
0: Oh, this is like the divine sisterhood of the Travelling 10 barrel system yep traveling brew half. yeah
2: <laughs> yeah it's which is funny actually two three weeks ago i was at Bill breaker and i saw a bunch of guys with coronado shirts and i was like well it is hop selection and i walked over and asked if one of them was a guy named nick and they're like no but wait are you and i was like i bought the system they're like holy you're the guy that bought it and i was mm. like yep <laughs> so it was crazy. i can't
0: believe you got somebody to buy it
2: it was kind of that reaction. I was like, well, yeah, no, it, it works now. <laughs> <laughs> and it's cranking out award-winning beers. I can say that finally.
0: Yeah. So can you give us more background on that? Does the winery still operate there? Is there some kind of cohabitation still going on? What's the future of the Wonderland? So they had retired um, and were leasing it to another br- or winery
2: that's about a mile away from us. So when we bought it, we actually housed a bunch of empty wine bottles, 36 pallets worth to be exact for two mountain winery, which is literally a mile away from me that I can see, which the first thing I did moving into Zilla, it's a small town. Mm -hmm. We, We just bought a beloved winery. So it's like, okay, we have to get on everyone's good side. Yes. I'll leave your, your bottles in here and I'll move them with my forklift five times before I finally get them in their resting spot. Um, do
0: you need your car washed
2: yeah i know i was we were we were trying to keep everyone happy but no 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 more wines produced here uh they did leave us some of the poly tanks which we've actually put to use for like collecting wastewater and our our ro water runoff just trying to take care of the planet because we're on a wastewater pond here we don't have sewage or like actual wastewater that it goes to so we treat it ourselves and handle it So those tanks, those wine tanks did come in handy.
0: Mm. Keeping an eye on your total dissolved solids and the like, huh? My TDSs and what have you. (laughs)
2: Well, originally I wanted to use them for uh, doing fruited sours because we're surrounded by agriculture here. Mm -hmm. Um, Our property borders an experimental cherry field. I've got neighbors with crazy donut peaches and apples. There's a whole lot of fruit out here. It's wild. Where when are you getting your first cool ship? <laughs> We've actually been bugged about that a bunch. I'm like, man, that's a. I spent my whole day keeping bacteria and stuff out of my brew house to just like, mm-hmm.
0: hey, come on in through the front door. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is there? I this is. I don't. I haven't. I didn't find any in my research because it was focused on our five feature breweries. But is is there a brewery with cool ship and doing open? Uh, Spontaneous fermentation in Yakima?
2: I know Bronyar in Natchez has a cool ship with a trailer hitch so they can actually drive it out into orchards and leave it there for a little bit and then drive it Mm. back. Um, And they had been messing around with that for a while. But I've been buried over here in Zilla and haven't gotten to go enjoy any of their pizza or any of their beer. So thank you for putting a little reminder in my (laughs) ear.
1: It seems to me like this would be a great time, like this, right? This time of year is when to be using that cool ship because those cold mornings and mm-hmm. uh, the warming up, you know, that yeast is going to get super active. Over on this side of the mountains, it gets a little bit rough because you only get like one or two days a year where I feel <laughs> like you probably have a lot more over there.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's the hardest thing about it. I think you need consistent temperatures under 40 degrees, and that's, uh, also, you're just throwing caution to the wind and you don't get to find mm. out what your what your beer is going to be for like a year, 18 months, two years. Yeah, it's ridiculous. <laughs> Question we like to ask everybody, Nate, what is something you wish the Yakima Valley was more well known for? The
2: activities, not just the... I mean, Yakima, if you Google it, it usually has some bad results, which is frustrating because the the food scene here, the craft beer and wine like the wine region here is absolutely nuts the agriculture is crazy like i said so many things are grown here anytime we've had visitors for like hop selection and i've been on like a bus with them they're just looking out the window like okay what's that And i was like those are apples what's that peaches what are those and it's just like oh that's that's asparagus those violent little spears coming out of the ground um, <laughs> it's super cool and I mean we've got rivers and fly fishing and there's tons of crazy awesome hikes and bike trails out here just the uh, the outside activities I I really love our four seasons here even though I picked a favorite one I'm sorry <laughs> there's, there's a lot to do in the Yakima Valley but we, I've actually been working closely with the Yakima Valley Tourism and they put together these itineraries and all show up and do tours and appearances and samplings and flights with people and they've got some really good itineraries to the point where i was like i want to join the next one and they just recently put together a craft beer trail which has been awesome i know like every time i go to bend i'm like all right how destroyed can i get doing their beer trail? (laughs) 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 and now we have our own so i'm like this is perfect so it's been it's been really
0: cool yeah uh we worked with yakima valley tourism to put put a lot of this stuff together as we as we often do when we put together these these beer boxes and uh yeah they seem like they're doing really great stuff for a city that you know has what hundred hundred thousand residents or something like that they're they're really going the extra mile to showcase the best that the the area has
2: it's been really really cool to see it we've seen i mean i always check our little our square sales and to see like how many new customers how many returning and a lot of them have been like completely out of town out of state even Mm -hmm. you know the yakima tourism is doing really good things with drawing people in
0: that's really good to hear you know we, we we definitely do this podcast to focus on the beer and stuff like that but we also try to highlight the the tourist aspect of these small places you know if we could promote people to do trips From Brews Less Traveled, it would be what I refer to as beer and trips. We're going to go, you know, they have good beer, but we can do this also. You know, there's great outdoor activities. There's beautiful wineries, cideries. There's orchards. There's hiking. There's biking. There's fishing. There's kayaking. And uh, definitely makes for a lot of great areas like Yakima. Nathan, thanks for joining us. Anything to plug for Wandering home?
2: i mean we we're just getting into crazy se- i mean we just survived the crazy season but now we're moving on we're turning but well, we turned five two weeks ago so we're going to throw a a belated five-year anniversary for our yakima location um our zilla location is because the warehouse is so big and we can't afford a canning line we have all this extra space so we've actually been booking just private events left and right i saw a one year old have a better birthday party than i've <laughs> ever had <in> my entire <laughs> life out there uh, <laughs>
0: One-year-old birthday parties at breweries.
2: Very yeah. hot. Things have Very changed popular. a lot since I was a kid. <laughs> yeah. We normally do the cake beer for the anniversary. We'll probably, I don't know. We've got, we just released a big tangerine milkshake. So we'll see what we can pull off. I know we just got a bunch of new swag because I'm always a season behind on swag. Like, As soon as like winter rolls around, I'm like, cool, our tank tops are here, you guys. I'm the worst at it, <laughs> but I know we've got we've got some new food specials, and we're we're I'm just recently brought on a kitchen manager, so I expect to see our food scene change drastically to be more what I want, so it'll be fun.
1: Fifth anniversary, uh, shout out to the comments uh, and Matt P, uh, another cake beer. So get your kitchen manager to get you another cake, you know with the right balance of grain and frosting, uh, and you can make another amazing cake beer. I mean yeah getting... yeah do you go
0: you go buttercream frosting or
1: duncan Hines straight out of the straight out of the tub?
2: <laughs> i mean it is getting late enough i could uh i could see us doing like an imperial birthday cake stout that's that's right in my wheelhouse unfortunately
0: let's go <laughs> let's do it <laughs> uh, that's great uh where can people find beer local local distribution only uh we self-distribute
2: everything we have so we do a lot in the seattle area quite a few places over in seattle i saw mitchapalooza checked in one of my beers in texas so that was like that was literally the highlight of my morning a couple weeks ago like i saw our beer in texas I was like i love texas i love seeing our beer all over the united states so thank you guys for that because that was i mean we're wandering hop we were a travel inspired brewery who works too hard and doesn't get to travel anymore. But it's really cool to see our beer all over the place. Definitely local, local distro. And we're going to get into a lot more canning in the next few months here. So hopefully spreading that a little bit further.
0: Well, if everybody in the chat could let, uh, let Nate know where you're checking in from tonight, let's show him the love from where everybody is checking in tonight, because yeah, I definitely know the beer wandered around the country for this so uh yeah it's great that we could share these beers that's the goal of this podcast so it's it's uh it's really great to see that in action that's awesome yeah let's see sioux falls south dakota lehigh valley shout out to the lehigh valley shout out the bomb place uh greenwich connecticut monroe connecticut athens georgia scottsdale arizona wheatfield new york i, d- I don't know that one I said that like I knew that one. Akron, Ohio. The Shout out to our Beer beer Club subscribers that are joining us for the stream as we record this. Great episode. Lots of fun tonight. Thanks to Varietal for supplying the other beer for this episode. You can find more from them at varietalbeer.com. Nate, where can people follow uh, Wandering Hop?
2: Uh, I want to say we're at Wandering Hop on Instagram. We also have Wanderlandzilla on Instagram and Facebook. I think awesome. Instagram and Facebook are about the the only two. There, nobody trusts me with a brewery TikTok, and I completely understand why. <laughs> so we're not there yet.
0: <laughs> unleash Nate! Listen, everybody right? else at Wandering Hop, unleash Nate on TikTok. You can find more from us at Bruvana.com. Be sure to check out the beer club there. Help support this show, and you get beer club, beers sent directly to you—the very beers that we drink on this show. Also, check out our holiday beer boxes. Very similar to our beer club that we have going on here, but ramped up into a day-to-day experience for the holidays. I got to say, I am so excited about the beers that we have involved in this year's boxes, and I hope everybody gives it a shot. Uh, It's a great experience. We're going to have 19 straight nights of live streams with exceptional guests, great beer education, and definitely some bits and puns and yeah. outfits and green screen play and a soundboard but yeah that's going to come later in the year
1: if i don't get malty every night i'm going to be
0: disappointed <laughs> we, we got the green screen now so we'll design a background we got we'll put malty back there we'll be hanging out
1: should be like a yeah. where's waldo where's malty on the background contest <laughs> write it down make it
0: happen (laughs) i'm I'm gonna make a note i'm gonna make a note uh yeah make sure you check out uh the holiday beer boxes from brewvana for a stupid reference that only tom and i are gonna laugh at. (laughs) 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 but as for brewers less travel we'll be back next week with our next featured yakima brewery Uh, but until then stay safe be kind and support local breweries cheers everybody cheers cheers